All right, Luke chapter 18, and you know, I already prayed for the word, so we're going to get right into here uh, in our message. We are picking it up here after finishing off chapter 17 and coming into chapter 18, and today we're going to take, uh, we're going to be looking at the first eight verses, and I titled our message, Keep On Keeping On With Prayer. I read about a very discouraged teacher who decided, I mean teenager, excuse me, a very discouraged teenager who decided to quit school saying he's just over it. He just can't do it anymore. And and his father came to talk to him, tried to encourage him and encourage him not to give up, not to give into the discouragement and not to give up. And so the father said, son, you can't quit. All the people remembered in history didn't quit, even in the face of much obstacles and and pushback. They didn't quit. And the father went on, just just think of Abraham Lincoln. He didn't quit. Or or Thomas Edison. He didn't quit. Or or think of Steve Jobs, you know, of Apple. He, He never gave up, you know, throughout his career there. And also, remember, Elmo McCringle. Wait, 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 interrupted the son. Who's Elmo McCringle? See, said the father, you don't remember him because he quit. Well, discouragement can stop us, right? It makes it easy for us to want to quit, and especially when it comes to praying. And this is an area that Jesus teaches the disciples on in our passage tonight. So that's our title, Keep On Keep, keep on keeping on with prayer. And again, we're going to be studying Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. Now, with this, Jesus is going to really give us three things. One is stay diligent. Number two, stay determined and stay dedicated. And those headings are going to wrap up into our points, too. So let's begin here. Number one in our outline, stay diligent, stay diligent. And with this, we're going to be looking at verse 1. Just verse 1. Take a look with me here now. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. It says, And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. So just this verse in this section. And we begin with Jesus now sharing a parable, right? A story, an analogy, something to encourage the disciples here really on the topic of prayer to persevere in prayer. Now, understand that this flows, chapter 18, verse 1, flows from chapter 17, from what Jesus talked about just just recently, right before this. And and that's why Luke says, and here. Uh, Some of your translations might even say then. So it's connected in that way. Well, it flows from what Jesus talked about in Luke 17 to be prepared, right, for his return, for his coming. The title of our message last week was When the Kingdom Really Comes. Yeah, When Jesus comes to set up his kingdom, we have to be prepared. And we talked all about that last week. If you missed it, you can catch our podcast or YouTube uh, channel and and uh, find those messages even on Facebook. Well, so that's why Luke begins here with and because Jesus flowed from that thought to encourage the disciples to keep praying and basically keep praying until he returns with his kingdom. So Jesus says they ought always to pray. Always means here at all times. 
So the first thing I want you to see is that Jesus calls on you and I, really, and the disciples, to stay diligent, continually be in prayer until he returns. And, and, and that's what I want you to hear and what Jesus is telling us. He's, he's calling on us, you and I, to stay diligent here, to continually be in prayer until he returns. You know, I was thinking about how Paul said in First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, he just simply said, pray without ceasing. Now, I remember first reading that, thinking, well, wait, does that mean, like, I quit my job? Does that mean, like, I no longer deal with things or, you know, deal with relationships or my family? I lock myself in a room and someone brings me food and water and I spend all my time praying? No, that's not what he's saying here in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, and neither is Jesus. When he's talking about staying diligently and being continually in prayer, always in prayer, he's, he's talking about let prayer be a daily part of your life. Let it be uh, you know, woven into the fabric of, of your life. You know, you're always ready to pray, and you are praying daily. You're constantly praying to the Lord. That, that's the idea. As you go through the day, maybe you're praying here. As you go through the, your workplace, maybe you pray over here. As you wake up, you take time to stop and pray. And maybe you guys do that even when you go to bed. So Jesus calls on you and I to stay diligent, continually be in prayer until he returns. You know, it is said of Hudson Taylor, the pioneer missionary to China in the 1800s, and and he was instrumental in bringing the gospel, bringing Jesus to the people when no one was going there. No missionary had really gone before him and done what he did. He was that pioneer missionary. That's why he's called that. Well, you know what? It is said that for 40 years, the sun never rose on China, that God didn't find him on his knees. And that's what Jesus is talking about, that it's a, a, a regular thing for us to pray, that we're daily in prayer. If it, if, if it means you wake up and you do your devotions and you spend time in prayer, that's what Jesus is saying, to stay diligent and be continually in prayer until he comes. Now, Jesus adds something else here in the second part of verse 1. He says that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He says, and not lose heart. Do not be disheartened. Or, as we're talking about already, do not be discouraged in your prayer time. Do not be discouraged about praying. So think about this in, in context of, of what we're coming into here. Jesus is like saying, you know, in the time between my first coming and my second coming, don't get discouraged and give up on praying. And thus our title, Keep On Keeping On With Prayer. So the second thing we see in this first verse is that Jesus calls on you and I to stay diligent, persevere in prayer, and do not give up. Persevere in prayer and do not give up. This is a call, you guys, to us tonight. This is God encouraging us. And Jesus is, is saying this throughout, you know, through these centuries. His words are echoing down time to our ears today, to what we're reading right now. He's calling us to stay diligent, persevere in prayer, do not give up. You know, I was thinking about, uh, I believe, um, well, it's a hymn. William Cowper wrote, 
And uh, one of the verses says this, Restraining prayer, we cease to fight. Prayer makes the Christian's armor bright. And Satan trembles when he sees the weakest saint upon his knees. So I bring this up because prayer is a powerful thing, right? And I, I, we understand that, right? We, we understand that prayer is a powerful weapon in the hands of believers, I mean, what, what do we say? We say prayer changes things, right? Prayer makes a difference. And, and we know how important that is. We know that just our simple prayers moves the hand of God. That's where the power is, right? So prayer is super important. And, and that's why even prayer is really the last part of the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6. And, and sometimes people leave that out. But in verse 618, you know, Paul urges us, at, after he lists all the armor, to pray for all the saints and to be in prayer. So we know it's, it's important and it's powerful. And as this hymn says, Satan trembles when he sees the weakest saint upon his knees. Now I bring that up because that's why Satan tries to stop you from praying. He tries to discourage you from praying. Now, I just want to share, I've experienced these things in, in, in many ways. And, and, and let me give you just a couple of things here, three things. that Here's what Satan does. Number one, he tries to distract you. He tries to distract you. I mean, he gets you to focus on your day or your busy day. Oh, so much stuff to do, i got to get done, you know, kind of thing. I, you know, or, or, or he... Um, Get you to focus on things you got to take care of, or or maybe you get overwhelmed with with things, worry, and you're stressed out, and and you're just so thinking about that. That's even a distraction from prayer. But remember, if you're too busy to pray, you're you're too busy. We have to make prayer a priority. If we think, well, I I got too much work to do, I I can't pray. Well, if you don't pray, you can't get that work done. And so it's important that we do not get distracted because Satan's out there trying to distract you from prayer. And so, you know, we got to make priority to make the time, to take the time even, to let go even of the unnecessary things that are distracting you. So understand his strategy in trying to get you to stop praying. And number one, he tries to distract you. Number two, Satan, you know what? He tries to make you drowsy. How about that one? <laughs> you know, another way to steal time, that time from you, that prayer time, he tempts you, you know, to maybe stay up too late or watch another show or play another video game or, or you just stay up. And then what do you do? In the morning, you end up sleeping in. Oh, I can't get up. Get up. And last minute, you get up. And then 15 minutes before you have to leave, then you're running off to work. Well, he knows that that to keep you up so that you won't wake up early to uh, uh, pray, to spend that time that maybe you've committed to do. Maybe you told the Lord, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, and you started doing that. But then all of a sudden, the night before, you're staying up late and, and doing like needless things, things that no need, and, and then you end up sleeping rather than praying, and He tries to make you drowsy. So, he knows how to get you to sleep rather than pray because he knows if you sleep, the first thing to go is prayer. 
So he tries to distract you. He tries to make you drowsy. And here's the third thing, and this is what we're talking about. He tries to discourage you. And this is what Jesus is really addressing here. You know why? How he, uh, he puts things in your mind, like, you know, when prayers aren't answered, he says, oh, look, God doesn't hear you. When your prayers aren't answered and you feel like, oh, they're just hitting the ceiling and falling to the ground, you know, God's not hearing you. Oh, he, he, he doesn't care. When you don't see the results right away, what, what do we feel? We feel like, what, Lord? You know, I, you said ask. You said, you, you, you said ask and I'll receive it. And I'm not receiving. And what happens? We give up. Yeah, we get discouraged. We feel like, oh, forget it. I don't, I don't see that happening. You know, we forget that God does answer every prayer, right? We know this, right? He can answer yes. He can answer no. And what's the other one? He can answer wait. And sometimes we're in this waiting state where where we're just continuing to pray. You know, I, I have to tell you that I've been feeling that lately. I've been seeing Satan trying to discourage me from praying, from praying for certain things. I mean, have you been feeling that too? I mean, I, I, maybe you have your lists like me. You know, I pray through my list and I faithfully pray for them. But, but it seems like certain things like, why isn't anything happening? Lord, it seems like Satan's winning. The evil world is, is, is coming in. And, and, and God, I, I don't know. I keep praying. I keep praying. And I've just been feeling that discouragement. Maybe you have tonight. But Jesus is giving us a word right now. Right here in the scripture, in verse eight, chapter 18, verse 1, he's saying, you know what? Keep on keeping on with prayer. Stay diligent. Do not lose her heart. Do not give up. Well, let's go on to number two. We go on here to stay determined. Stay determined. So number one, stay diligent. And number two, stay determined. We're going to cover verses two through verse eight, just the first part. So we have a big span of verses here we're going to pick up. First of all, from verse two through five, it says, He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him, saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. Now we'll stop there. Now here's the parable. Jesus gives this story about this unbelieving judge, basically. He's an unbeliever. He cared not for the things of God, we see, nor did he respect God. Man, he didn't care about anybody else. The NLT puts it, nor cared about people. Now, understand that in the city, there was judges like this. Of course, there was good judges, there was bad judges. So as, as Jesus is giving this parable, the, the Jews there, the disciples, they, they would understand what he's talking about. Because sometimes there's these city judges, and they're probably thinking of some. They were known to be easily bribed. They were corrupt. They were unjust. They did things for themselves. They didn't fear God. Yeah? They didn't care about anyone but themselves. So this was the type of judge now that Jesus puts forth. But in the same city was this widow. She's, she's all alone, and she goes to the judge to get justice. For what? Maybe some wrong was done to her 
uh, it's speculated maybe she was scammed out of all her money and then she, if she doesn't have money, money or anything, she can't survive. She's left with nothing. She has no husband to take care of her. You know, she, she, she's a widow. And she must have been really alone and really in a bad place because uh, usually in that culture, women don't go to the judge. Usually, say in her case, maybe her son would go and try and get justice. Or maybe her brother or a nephew or someone like that. But but she has no one. So this is how bad it is for her. Something happened. Uh, perhaps she lost all her money. Perhaps she, she's on the street. Perhaps it's something she no one will do for her. So she's going to the judge. And that is how bad it was for her. Even it being that bad, this judge did nothing. Her plea fell on deaf ears. Yet, we know there was power here in her persistence, right? When the widow kept going back, kept going back, the widow was persistent, and the judge, it got to a point the judge could not ignore her any longer because, as she, he said, she keeps bothering me. In other words, she's annoying me with all this. I'm irritated with this. So he decides, look, I will give her justice, for I like how he, he puts it here. He says, for uh, she beats me down. Right? She will not, uh, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. Literally, beat me down is hit me in the face. So she continually hit him in the face with her issue. And it basically wore him out from her continual coming, the persistence of the widow. That ended up moving the judge to uh, move on her case. So this parable shows how the widow was determined to keep coming to the judge until she received what was needed. That was her determination. She just kept coming and coming to the judge, and she wouldn't give up until she got what was needed. And I like that perseverance. It's a good picture of what perseverance is. I like something C.H. Spurgeon said. He said, by perseverance, the snail reached the ark. <laughs> I thought that was a good one, right? You know, snails, they don't move fast. And, and I don't know how far he had to go, but certainly he kept going. And we have snails today, so must, he must have made it there. <laughs> but anyway, I love that thought. That's the secret to accomplish things. Whenever you face an obstacle, when, you're, when you come against all odds, when things look impossible, it comes down to being persistent and de being determined to keep going and not stopping until you receive what you are going for. And that especially is important when it comes to prayer. So Jesus then says this in verse 6. He says, and the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Now stop there. So Jesus now, he says, look, take notice here. Look at what happened. Look at her determination. Look at her perseverance. And Hear now what happened here. Hear what this unrighteous judge says. You know what he's saying? Listen to what he says and understand because, you know, this is an unrighteous uh, guy, a judge, 
But God, he's righteous. So listen to what this judge did, what he said. Because will not God give justice to his elect, basically his, uh, the saved people, his children? Will God, who is righteous, listen to, to his children and, and give justice to those who cry to him day and night, who continually pray, are constantly praying? Now, understand that what Jesus is saying is that it's a Jewish way of talking and making a point. Uh, it's a Jewish way of, of talking about something lesser and bringing you to the greater to emphasize a point. So Jesus gives the meaning in this parable. And the first thing in this meaning I want you to see, see if the unrighteous judge responds to the widow's persistence, then how much more will God, who is righteous and good, respond to persistence, persistence in your prayers? You see what he's saying? He gave this parable, because this is an unrighteous guy. He doesn't care about anyone. But think about God who, who does care, who is righteous, who is good. Think about how he will respond to your persistence in prayers. You know, um, back when um, the boys were in high school, we told them that on their 16th birthday that they would get a cell phone. I think I told you guys this before. And, and, and that was really the point. Um, Chris and I decided, okay, Justin, when you reach 16, and Jared, when you reach 16, that, okay, then that's when you get a cell phone. And, and that's what we did. But when our baby daughter, Janelle, entered eighth grade, my wife said that, oh, we should get her a cell phone. And I was like, no, our rule is 16 years old. She has to wait. And we, that's what we did with the boys, but that's what you got to do. Well, then Grandma joined in. And Grandma joined in and said, no, Janea is, is different. She's a girl. She needs a phone. And, and then Kristen joined in again and was like, no, you know, times are different. And, and, and we, you know, she needs to be safe and accessible and all that. We should get her a phone now. And, and I resisted. I was like, are you guys ganging up on me, you know? But they were persistent. And, well, me being a good father, right? No. <laughs> Gave in, and we got Janelle her cell phone in the eighth grade, right? The boys are like, what? No. <laughs> but, well, times change, too, it seems like, you know. Anyway, do you hear what Jesus is saying? You know, in that persistent, uh, you know, be persistent, because God is righteous. God is good. You know, God, God is there. You know, and, and he's not unjust like this judge. And he, he, in that persistence, he will answer. So stay determined to keep praying for God will respond to your prayers. And notice something here back in verse 7. It says, And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over what, what Jesus is saying, in other words, will God put you off? Will he just delay? With, you know, like the judge, will, will he really just put you off and ignore you like the unrighteous judge? No, God will answer your prayers. And, and, and like the widow here, God will give justice, Jesus is saying in verse 8. And to them, he says, speedily, quickly. He'll, he'll not, he will not delay. Yeah, He will not delay at all all in his will he has a will we have to remember he has a plan and in that plan and in that will 
he, you know what? Sometimes it's to wait for us to wait and to learn our lessons in that. Sometimes he's working something, so we need to wait in his will. But but when his will comes and it's time for that, he's not going to delay. He's not going to ignore you. He's not going to hold things back. So here's the second thing here. Jesus wants you and I to stay determined for God will never drag his feet when it comes to answering your prayers and according to his will. God will never drag his feet when it comes to answering your prayers, especially according to his will. You know, on my way home, one time I called Kristen, my wife, and she didn't pick up. The phone rang, rang, went to message. I waited a little bit and called again, and she didn't pick up again. And and then I, 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 I was almost like five minutes you know, before I got home, and I, I, I called again, and this time she picked up. Now, I wasn't upset, for I know she was up doing something, you know, and the phone was probably on the side, and, and what she explained to me, she said, oh, sorry, I was outside watering the plants, and, um, you know, I, I wasn't taken back by that. I knew what she was doing. She was up to something, and and I knew it wasn't like she didn't answer because she didn't care about me, you know, and she didn't want to talk to me or she was just ignoring me. But sometimes I think we, we, we think about that with God, yeah. He doesn't answer our prayers. Well, well it must be, you know, he, he doesn't want to pick up. He's just ignoring me. You know, he doesn't want to pick up that prayer phone and we're calling, calling. But understand, God does hear every prayer we pray. And when time comes in his will... He answers. It will come to pass. I think our expectation is what gets in the way. Yeah, Our expectation that we think God should answer right away, answer our prayers right away. And, and sometimes He does, but sometimes He doesn't. And it's all according to His plan and purposes. And, and we have to trust God in that. Perhaps He's orchestrating some things. Perhaps He has some purpose in delaying in, in the sense of, of, of working some things out. Maybe He's preparing something. Warren Wiersbe said, Remember that God's delays are not the delays of inactivity, but of preparation. God is always answering prayer. And I like that. Maybe He is answering your prayer through some preparations and moving pieces around and orchestrating things so that when it all comes together, it's going to come together like that. So don't let it get get into your head, you know, that, oh, he's ignoring me. Don't let it get into your head that God's delays means God doesn't care. God cares deeply, and he listens, and he hears every word of every prayer we give to him. Know that. Turn over to Psalm 116. Turn over to the left of the Old Testament to Psalms. Psalms chapter 116 or Psalm 116. Look at the first two verses. It was interesting because I, 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 I have my daily reading and also reading this devotional. And these two verses happen to be right here today. And I'm thinking, wow, this is perfect. I want to share this with you tonight. Psalm 116 verse 1 says, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. So the psalmist is like, oh, I just love him because he hears my pleas. He hears every word he hears. He, he hears my voice. He's listening. And then look at verse 2. Because he inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call on him as long as I live. 
He goes, I love the Lord. I know He hears me. He's listening to me. I know He inclines His ear to me. You know the word incline means to bend down. It means to, to strain His ears to listen, to hear us. That's the feeling. That's the idea of inclining his ears. It's like I always picture God bending down toward us when we're praying and cupping his ear to hear us better. You know, sometimes you cup your ear because you can't. It's like God's doing that so he can hear our cries, our pleas there. You see, God loves us enough to bend down and listen. And that's what we have to understand, that we need to stay determined and understanding these things, that God, He's not going to drag His feet when it comes to answering His prayers, and He hears it, and He cares. He's not ignoring you. He is, perhaps, already answering that prayer, and we just don't see it, answering in preparation. So keep on keeping on with prayer. Stay diligent, stay determined, and lastly, number three in our outline, the last thing tonight is stay dedicated. Stay dedicated. Verse 8, the last part now. Nevertheless, Jesus says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Okay, Jesus now brings it all back. He connects to back to chapter 17, right? What he was talking about, the coming kingdom, when he returns, and then so he brings it back. And he puts out this searching question as he's talking about, don't be discouraged, don't lose heart. Men always ought to pray. You know, keep praying, stay diligent, stay determined, even when you don't see the answers, don't worry. You know, God is righteous, he's good, he's answering. And so stay dedicated. Because he asks this question, when the Son of Man, remember, who, who is that? Jesus Christ, right? Uh, in reference to the prophecy in Daniel, Jesus Christ, the Messiah who came. When Jesus returns, he says, will he really find faith on earth? In other words, will Jesus find your faith in God so strong that you didn't give up on prayer? Will he really find that? So Jesus wants, our last point is this, Jesus wants you and I to stay dedicated to prayer for it shows your faith and trust in God. It shows we believe. We, 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 we trust God that he's working. We trust God that he's, he has a plan that maybe we're waiting right now and the delays isn't that he's ignoring me or he doesn't care. I know he loves me. I know he cares. I know he's listening to every word. And your faith is telling you that. I saw this um, T-shirt that said, Life is short, pray hard. I like that. Time is short. And Jesus will be back. And, and when he does, will he find us praying faithfully? Will he find us still trusting God even in the delays? You know, we can get overwhelmed with our emotions in discouragement. I know it. I, like I said, I've been feeling that lately. And, and it, it can control you it can bring you to a place where like ah oh, forget this oh i'm not gonna pray for that anymore I mean, you can you can get uh disenchanted uh, you know toward god or oh lord i don't know why you're doing it you know it, some people get upset some i know some people got very upset and angry and bitter at god and it's just it's hard discouragement not seeing you know answers to prayer something dear to your heart something you've been yearning for and you don't see it come you can get discouraged and, and let me tell you, emotions are real. Those feelings are real. Those discouragements are, are real. I'm not saying that's not real. 
But just because you feel that way doesn't mean that it's true. Yeah. Just because you feel like, oh, God doesn't care, that doesn't mean it's true. Just because you feel like, oh, God, God's not listening, He's ignoring me, that doesn't mean it's true. Your feelings doesn't change the truth of God in the Word, in the Bible. The truth of who He is. That He is God, that He is righteous, that He is good, that He is Lord God, that He's sovereign, that He's working a plan, that He has the power to answer those prayers. He, that, that our hope really is in Him because He is our Lord God and He does listen. And so even if our our feelings, which are I, I, I say they're real, we can get discouraged. As human beings, we when we face uh, uh calamity or trouble or trials or things happen and God how come it's not uh, you know happening I prayed or you're still hurting or you're still struggling and you get discouraged but don't let though that emotion cloud what's really true about the Lord that's what we got to keep in mind sadly Satan has come and distracted the church. Sadly, Satan is is stealing away that time of prayer, and people are distracted, or or they've been discouraged, or or oh, well, they're not into prayer like that. And and maybe Satan even has deceived people into thinking that oh, prayer is boring, or or oh, I don't know, I don't know how to pray, or I don't know what to say, so I don't pray at all, you know. But let's not be deceived or pulled into that at all. Sadly, I think the church and even we as a church have lost that art of praying. That that passion to pray is cooling. And I believe it's wrapped up into these end times we live in. And, and I believe that Jesus says this because in these end times, many Christians will be found to have given up on prayer, not trying, discouraged about prayer, no longer praying at all. So when Jesus returns for his church, you know what? I don't want to be one of those that Jesus is wondering about here. Yeah? How about you tonight? I don't want to do it. I want to keep the faith. Yeah? I want to keep trusting God. I want to push back on those feelings of discouragement and believe in what I know about God. Let's not be like, sadly to say, probably the general Christian you know, society today. In his book called Why, Why Revival Tarries, Leonard Raven wrote this. And just, just listen. I didn't put the quote on the screen, but just listen. He, Leonard Ravenhill wrote, The church has many organizers, but few agonizers. Many who pay, but few who pray. Many resters, few wrestlers. Many who are enterprising, but few who are interceding. He goes on to say, The secret of praying is praying in secret, and a worldly Christian will stop praying. A praying Christian will stop worldliness. Tithes may build a church, but tears will give it life. In the matter of effective praying, never have so many left so much to so few. Brethren, let us pray. You get the idea, you get that feeling, what he's saying. That, and I feel like we're in this place. But I don't want to be discouraged about prayer. And, and I tell you, I've been feeling it. I don't know if it's attack. I don't know if it, it's just 
you know, trials and troubles in my mind. Sometimes there's a battle in my own mind. Yeah. Sometimes I, I, I can't be alone with myself in my mind. It's just, I just go, go crazy. But I don't want to give up. I hear the Lord today. I don't want, I don't want to be not praying, right, when Jesus returns. And I don't want to give up too soon. Yeah? I'll close with this on July 4th, 1951. Florence Chadwick uh, famously attempted to swim from Catalina Island to the California coast. Not only was the water like super freezing cold, uh, the waters of the Pacific Ocean, but and that was discouraging, but there was this dense fog that made it impossible for her to see land. Because can you imagine just swimming and you, you don't know where you are, you don't know how close or anything. Well, look at, listen to this. After 15 hours in the water, Chadwick gave up. It's too bad, you know. She couldn't see the land, and there was all that fog. It's too bad she gave up. She stopped half a mile from the shore, just right there. But she didn't give up. She uh, persevered. She was determined to try again, and she did. But this time, she just kept going. She reminded herself that land, there was land there behind the fog. And with that confidence, she made it and broke the record, actually, by two hours. <laughs> I love that, though, right? I love that. This is what Jesus is saying. Even with the fog, even with this fog, like, oh, I don't see it, God. I, I, I'm not sure if you're, you're answering our prayer. My prayers are, you know, we have faith and we have the confidence that he is. And even in the fog, and if, even if we don't see the answers immediately, we keep reminding ourselves that there's land behind the fog. Yeah? There's, there's the answer to prayer behind the fog. And so we don't give up. We trust God even in the delays. So you see what Jesus is saying. Keep on keeping on with prayer. Let's pray. Jesus, forgive me, God, for my lack of faith and giving into discouragement. Forgive us, Lord, for not having that faith and trust in you that even in the delays, God, that it's not that you don't care or you don't hear us or you're ignoring us, but, God, you're doing something. You do something in the yeses. You're doing something even in the noes. And in the wait, when you say wait, which can be the hardest time, God, we have to trust you and know that there's land behind the fog. And so, God, I pray that you help us tonight to get back to praying, that you help us tonight to get back into praying for those things that we've given up on. Maybe we do pray, but maybe there's certain things on the list we just, ah, I'm tired of praying. Nothing's happening. God, may those words not be in our mouths, but may we be diligent. May we be determined, God. May we just continue on until you return, and may we be dedicated in that way. So, Jesus, I, I ask that you would help us, God, that you would forgive us and, and just, just give us strength and courage to keep going, even when we feel discouraged. But God, we don't want to live by those feelings, but we want to live, God, by faith and trust in who we know you are.
Thank you, Jesus. We thank you in your name. Amen.